This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I went to the, uh, I found out, uh, what I did was I put another accountant in his office to go through stuff and just say, hey man, go in there and see what's going on in the office um, and let him come back and give me a report on it. And so he came back and said, man, I got some crazy news for you. So well, you're about to get hit with a million dollar tax problem that you owe the IRS a million dollars and you have half a million dollars that came in and went out and we don't know where it went. <laughs> Whoa. You're listening to Money Moves, powered by Greenwood, a finance podcast dedicated to dropping all the knowledge and gems from the world's leading celebrities, entrepreneurs, and experts in tech, business, and more. I'm your host, angel investor, technology enthusiast, and media personality, Tanya Sam. Each week, we talk with guests who are making significant strides in their fields and learn how they are making their money move. If you're someone who's looking to make your money move, you're in the right place. So open up your notes app and lock us in because this podcast will give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance you so rightly deserve. Before we start the episode, I'd like to remind you to check us out at gogreenwood.com and follow us on social media at Greenwood and me on all things social at It's Tanya Time to stay locked in to new episodes. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the podcast designed to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. Prepare to be inspired by a true master of his craft. Our guest today is Grammy award-winning producer, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, film producer, entrepreneur, DJ, and a passionate philanthropist with a remarkable career that has shaped the sounds of countless iconic artists, this creative powerhouse is here to share his insights on money, music, and making a difference. Money Movers, please join us in welcoming the one, the only, Dallas Austin to the podcast. Hey, Dallas. 
Hey, how's it going? Oh, fantastic. So excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So let's get right to it. Um, money Moves is a podcast about money. And although we're going to go through your all your entrepreneurial journeys, your journey through music, I want to dive right in by asking you about, you know, years later, you've amassed some wealth, you've learned a lot of lessons. When you go back to like young Dallas, what did you think about money? Did you think that you would be where you are today? Did you think that money was hard? Like talk about your early mindset. You know, what's funny is um, because I came from, you know, my mom and, and dad, I thought they had money. You know, because we lived in a in what was considered a suburban home in right. in Columbus, but really they did they he didn't have money like that. And my mom didn't have money like that. Um, so it you know it was never I never chased the money of it. I was so determined to be a record producer, and um, that would stay up all night making the songs, or like even at twelve, thirteen, you know, being in bands and just obsessed with music, and to the point where it you know. One of the last arguments I had with my mom, I think I was in, I was in, in somewhat in high school, and um, I didn't want to go to school. I just wanted to <laughs> stay in studios, and and so she wouldn't talk to my counselor at the school. And he goes, "You know what? You know, if he's that determined, maybe she just back him at this point." Wow, good counselor. So she was like, "You know, whatever you do, make sure you make some money, and and you know, I hope you do great at it. I'll back you, but you gotta you gotta do it." So. I would come home and when I first started making checks, like it was like a thousand dollars for me playing in a studio. Wow. I was 14, 14 and 15. And so I would come home and give her the check. She's working at Poe Folks, um, <laughs> the restaurant as a manager, making probably 12 grand a year. Um, and so when I started coming home and giving her those checks, you know, I didn't have anything to do with them anyway because I'm, I'm living in a house so, and 14 years old. And as I started to make, you know, I, I just never chased the money. And what was crazy is I was in, um, at 16, I signed in to work for higher contracts, which mean they hire you, they, they own everything you do, you know, when they hire you and they own your publishing, they own everything. So by the time um, I was 18, 19, 20, 18 and 19, when Boys to Men and TLC, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when all these songs had, uh, had came out, um, all the, all the money had to go to escrow because I was in dispute with the person that had me sign into these bad contracts. So, because I signed at 16, my mom had to sign with me. And by the time I was 18, 19, all these records had accumulated and they were in dispute. So I had about $2 million sitting in escrow that I couldn't touch. At my mom, that young age? Yeah. And my mom was working at This Is It Barbecue by that time. <laughs> <laughs> and Whoa. she was angels, you know, barbecue sauce all over her and Motown Philly's playing on the radio or like, you know, Aisha's playing on the radio. Um, and still, because we were in Atlanta, you know, you didn't know what that meant in a sense because we were so Atlanta, we were so Georgia that we were just so, you know, I didn't even leave out of here to go out of the country probably till I was like 27 or something. Um, because we were so Atlanta and I was so busy just staying in that studio. Like I didn't go out, just stayed in the studio. So meanwhile, that's accumulating money, and we didn't know it like that because we never had it. So <laughs> you don't know what it's like. It's what's so it. fascinating, right? Like you're just accumulating. Yeah. So you're how old, and you have probably two million dollars in the bank account? Well, it's I'm like eighteen, nineteen, and it's mm-hmm. um, and it's in escrow, so I, I still can't touch it. So my mom's mm-hmm. still working, and by the time I made a deal to get um, the money freed up, by the time I had done another bad creation, Boys the Man, and TLC. 
and all their first albums, you know, start selling like crazy. And this is when album sales were, you know, $19.99 and $20. So you would yep. make it some money, you know. Yeah. Even if, even if you thought you wasn't, by the time all those records sold, you're still making money. And um, so when I first got with actually having it, like when I, I remember the day that it freed up, you know, I was like, wow. I, I was so used to not having it that I kind of didn't know how to how to act in a sense. I knew I wanted to, <laughs> but I knew I wanted to get her out of this is it barbecue. Um, and not, and so one of the first things I did though is I built my studio. Mm-hmm. I built mm-hmm. my, and back then nobody would finance it for me in, in Atlanta. They just I was too young. The music industry hadn't hit here yet. They didn't understand it. And so we had to finance it from California. You know, back then the consoles were like a million dollars. Wow. So was, yeah, everything was like super through the roof. But the studio time was even, you know, $2,000 a day. So, you know, we, I started working and started doing all this stuff really young. As soon as I started to get my money, I started to put it back into the music, start putting it back into uh, signing other writers and producers. Uh, Getting the studio to where it worked as a as a business on its own, and so everything started to turn, and then that's when money first started to be not just earned at that point, but then generated, and then again not understanding it because being so young, mm-hmm. um, and nobody was here. To, to, nobody was in Atlanta at the time that understood it either. It wasn't any accountants. It wasn't any good money people. You know. Yeah. So it was. Um, and, and, you were just sort of blazing a trail, like making it happen. Yeah, and, and making all the mistakes too. At the same making time. all the mistakes too at the same time. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I have a couple questions on this. This is so fascinating. I'm, I'm actually learning some. So in the early days, I mean, you're underage, you've got, you're getting checks for like a thousand dollars. That kind of blows my mind because, you know, even now for kids to get a check for a thousand dollars, but this is a couple years ago. Let's just put it into yeah. perspective for the time frame. <laughs> so now you've amassed this money. How did you know that you had to put this into an, like into an Esquire account? Like who was advising you on how to save this money or was it court or I'm, I'm curious about that. It was, it, it, it um, well, at that time, nobody was really advised yeah. advise much, you know, with, along with money comes the lawyers and the lawyers say, Hey, you need this guy to be your accountant. And then, no, so that whole thing went on and this, uh, what happened is when the face came to town, by the time I was doing the TLC records and stuff, um, then that's when the money almost got freed up for me Like after that time. And the business manager that kind of came to town with them was managing everybody else. So it's the first time I heard the word business manager. And so, you know, obviously the lawyer says you need a business manager. Um, and so we had him dealing with the money from that point. And so everything was, you know, and I always say, this is one of the biggest lessons I've learned. Um, because through that business manager, I end up having tax problems. Because mm. right? here's the down, the ups and the downs it's of down. making money fast. Yeah. And the thing about it is in the music business, they don't take the taxes out on you. So if you get a check for a million dollars, it shows up as a million dollars and it's up to you to pay your taxes. Right. So when um, we started the cycle and uh, so I, I found out one day, I was just kind of thinking, I was like, man, you know, I got a Range Rover and I got a house, but do I know exactly how much money I got? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> And I started having this conversation. Actually, L.A. Reid called me because we had to, he was, all of us was with the same person. And he goes, you know, I don't know how much money I got. Do you? I said, actually, I don't to the three specific. Oh, God. These are great money move problems. But they're not. So that's why we got to talk about them. (laughs) And because also, you know, with a business manager, so to speak, they make you, especially when you're young, they make you, everything is taken care of for you. You know, we got this set up. We got lights. Don't you worry about it. You just do you. Make music. Make beats. Yeah. I want you to and be creative. I went to the, uh, I found out um, what I did was I put another accountant in his office to go through stuff and just say, hey, man, go in there and see what's going on in the office um, and let him come back and give me a report on it. And so he came back and said, man, I got some crazy news for you. So, well, you're about to get hit with a million dollar tax problem that you owe the IRS a million dollars and you have half a million dollars that came in and went out and we don't know where it went. <laughs> Whoa. You know, and 
I said, okay, well, you know, this doesn't make any sense because I went and I signed all the papers. Anytime he said we need to sign tax papers, I came up to the office, I filed them. So, are you sure about this? He said, I'm sure. Now, IRS is about to be knocking on your door because it's been a couple of years. And I was like, okay. So, I go to meet with the guy at the IRS, and this is one of the most valuable lessons I think financially ever learned. He goes, uh, I go to him and I say, man, you know, this is this, I got a million dollar problem going on with penalties and interest going. Um, this guy, my business manager, I did all the work, I, I filed the papers, I did everything he said. Why do I have a, a, a problem? I don't understand, I paid these. And where's my missing half a million dollars? Yeah, and the IRS man goes, well, we, know, we heard about this guy. You know, you're not the first one to come in here. I said, oh, okay, so I'm thinking, oh yeah, here's some love. <laughs> he goes, but let me tell you something. He said, you guys are quick to get these guys that's business managers. He said, let me tell you something about a business manager. He's like, he's, he's not backed by the FDIC. Right? Oh. I'm better having a public accountant from down the street, the CPA. He said, but the term business manager, because in the music industry back then, Burt Padel and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. business manager more than you heard accountant, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially if you had a label or money coming in to that degree and you had a business manager, right? So he goes, um, but let me tell you something. He says, if I operated on your arm right now, right, you couldn't sue me under doctor laws because I'm not a doctor, right? <laughs> right. So it's the same thing with the business manager. So it's the same thing with the business manager. You can't hold him accountable because he's not. He's not licensed. There's no license to pull or, oh. No license or nothing. So he goes, so I'm going to do this for you. I said, well, he's going to stop your penalties and interest. That's it. But pay me all my money. <laughs> now, this is the trick. If Obviously, if you owed him a million dollars, you got to go make two million dollars to be broke. Ugh. Right? Because you got to tax the money that mm-hmm. you're making mm-hmm. now, and then you got to pay them down yep. at the same time. Ugh. So it, it was, I, I said, okay, well, I just got to work my way out of it. That's the only, you know, I didn't want to go bankrupt anything at the time because um, I had my I had my record company and stuff, but but it was like a ton of bricks from somebody, you know, put, put all your list all your yeah. items, whatever you got. Get the items out, you know, and we're going to give you one year to fix this. Or else we're going to take them. Oh, we're going to take them. Uh, and so I, I remember me and uh, Babyface, we we were all kind of in the same kind of boat because it was the same guy. Yeah. So basically, like Dallas, let's just write out, we got to write ourselves out of it. So whatever projects, let's kind of do them together. So we did the Boys to Men 2 album, the Madonna um, Bedtime Stories. Oh, so good. Uh, TLC Crazy Sexy Cool that year. Um, I think I did Michael Jackson, um, but, but we just, I went to work and I'll never, I, I tell you, I'll never forget. I was so happy. I got a check that was like $500,000 and that was my last payment also to pay them. And I was dead broke. I was so happy to be there. But you're at back to level, you know, you know you're <laughs> yeah, out of the I red. Guess, you're just like, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. my so now gosh. I to work and know this lesson and, and, you know, and look out for that in, in the future and not let that happen again. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode. If we helped you make your money move, please share it with your community. Subscribe and leave us a review on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Greenwood and visit us at gogreenwood.com for more financial tips. And remember, money movers, if this were easy, everyone would do it. So take the lessons you've learned from this episode and apply it to your life. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media, Inc. 
For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Make sure to tune in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and subscribe to the Money Moves podcast powered by Greenwood so that you too can have the keys to financial freedom you so rightly deserve. Until next time. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.